Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the Reaching New Heights podcast with me, Megan Gallagher. Today, we have such an extraordinary guest on the show. He is a content creator, co-host of The Impulsive Show, host of the YouTube series, The Night Shift, and author of the new amazing book, The Fifth Vital. Please help me in giving a warm welcome to Mike Maslock. There's no audience. It's like any other coronavirus situation. There's no audience. It's just us. You just got to do it yourself. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're actually on the set of Impulsive right now, which is cool. So you're actually on my pod our podcast as well. I know. It's like a dream come true, win-win. <laughs> I love it. Um, but Mike, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time. I have been such a fan of yours for so long and I love how open you are with mental health and your own journey. And it's just, it's so awesome to see someone use their platform, just to spread like such good energy and positivity. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's, it's, I came onto the YouTube scene probably like two or like two or three years ago, maybe. And Obviously, we've been shooting Impulsive now for, for about a year and a half, 180 episodes, and that's been great. But the first thing I wanted to do when I came on the scene was just be authentic and real. And wow. uh, I know a lot of people say that, but like I took it very seriously. And there's a lot of opportunities along the way for me to censor my story or to keep stuff out to protect like how I felt. Yeah. As I started telling my story and talking about like the trauma that I've been through in the past, and, and trauma that I still go through today, whether it's, you know, uh, addiction or mental illness or whatever. And I started to see the response of people and how they felt about me being vulnerable and open on the internet. Uh, there was no turning back. Yeah. Anything as positive as um, making other people feel like they're going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like it just does something inside of me that I can't really describe. I'm sure you, I'm sure you could relate to it. Yes. It's just they're, like, it's literally priceless and it sounds cheesy saying it, but there is no words to explain like, you know, how good it feels to help other people. So Mike, I would love to know, tell me a bit about your journey. And did you always know that you wanted to be like creative, making content, hosting podcasts? Like when you were younger, where did you see yourself? I knew I always liked being creative, creative for sure, but I had no idea. And so that's like, that, and that's probably the most important part of the story is like, I, so, so for people who aren't familiar with the story and, you know, welcome to the journey. Thanks for being here. <laughs> uh, I, I spent the uh, late part of my teens and the early part of my twenties addicted to Oxycontin, heroin, and other drugs while caught up in the opiate epidemic that's killing 50 to 70,000 people a year in the United States right now that, you know, is obviously not getting as much traction in the story as, as I wish it was. Right. Um, yeah. I, I spent a good amount of my life, you know, almost eight, eight or nine years struggling with dependence and addiction and all of the mental health problems that come along with it. And obviously was already feeling my share of mental illness prior to that addiction. It's probably one of the reasons why it happened in the first place. And when I got clean at 26 years old in 2010, I started back at ground zero. I was, you know, I started back at zero at the starting line again. I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I had no yeah. And um, I feel, as I, as I started telling the story recently, I feel like that's the thing that the most people out there can relate to, whether you can relate to my addiction, whether you can relate to my mental illness or any of the other things that I talk about. 
one thing people can definitely relate to is this feeling of not knowing what their calling is in life and what they should be doing. And it was something I struggled with dramatically and still struggle with. And I want, I want people to know that too. Like I want people to see me being a published author, a podcast host, all the things that I've been able and been so lucky to be able to do. And I'm still here wondering, yo, am I doing everything that I could be doing? You know what I'm saying? It, so, ne it never changes, by the way. My dad is 57 and he's like, Megan, I still don't know what I want to do with my life. Absolutely. It's crazy. And obviously I have a, a better idea now and the, it, it, you know, I am happy to report and say back <laughs> the, the weight that you feel lift off of you when you start to find that path is, uh, mm is second to none, you know? And, and so, um, it, it's been, a, it's been a wild journey, but I, I knew I wanted to do something creative. I've always been a talker and entertainer, but I just never really had a good grip. And obviously a decade, uh, in addiction can really put a, a, a yeah, hold on anything. That's, so. It's just, it's so incredible. And you have accomplished so many things and it's just, it's so crazy. I mean, I'm a really spiritual person myself and I really, even though like your journey, it's been so like, obviously so traumatic, so horrendous, but I, in my own struggles, I've struggled with anxiety, anticipatory anxiety, panic attacks, body image issues my whole entire life. And, you know, although at times like we've all been there, like crying on the floor and you're just like, I feel like I can't breathe. I can't go five more minutes. And like, I was failing high school. I like all that stuff, but it's just, it's so awesome when you're like, wait, I overcame it. I made it on the other side. <laughs> and I like to tell people that, cause, cause for me, the fun part of my personal performance or anticipatory anxiety and, and, you know, feelings of uh, judgment from others and all those things that I continue to struggle with. The fun part for me is it's all televised. <laughs> so when I have a melt, when I have a breakdown, it goes out to 10 million people. Yeah. You know that makes it so much more fun, you know? And so that's another thing that I've had to kind of deal with. And I've had my share of, you know, uh, anxiety attacks, you know, semi panic attacks on impulsive and on other shows. It's just a day by day thing. You know, every day is different. Some days I wake up and I feel great. And some days I wake up and I just know that, that it's going to be a rough day, yeah. you know, and no matter what the biggest thing or the biggest point that I've made to people is no matter when you wake up in the morning, no matter if you feel like you're going to have a good day or you feel like you're going to have a bad day, go through it. Keep going. Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter how, like I knew I, I, it's crazy. I just had a show on MTV Yeah. and, and it's just insane. Like I'm, I, I walk in and there's, and I, I think I'm going on this like test set where it's like a, a pilot episode. Mm -hmm. So that's very close to ridiculousness. Uh, Rob Deere. I love it. And so I'm sitting, so I'm about to walk in and I open the curtains and there's the stage, just how I thought it was going to look. But then there's 400 people in the audience sitting there looking at the stage. I really, really, really struggle a lot with feeling, with those feelings. Yeah. I went back to my green room and I knew, yo, when you get out there, there's a very good chance you are going to start sweating profusely. You're going to start feeling like you can't go any further. Yeah. It's going to, that pressure is going to start pushing in on your chest. And what are you going to do? And then it starts spinning. What are you going to do? Oh my God. Oh my God. The only thing that I ever do that is, could be different than some, but I want everyone to follow is I did it anyways. Even when everything told me not to, yep. I went out there, I started sweating. They had to turn the air conditioners <laughs> high. I'm, I'm not kidding. I had, I was drenched. They had yeah. to stop, they had to stop the filming. And I said to the crowd, I said, Hey guys, I'm going to be honest and transparent with you today. I have a really, I have a problem with anxiety and you know, I'm doing the best I can. That's so cool. 
applause. And, and people don't understand, especially in the day and age we're in now, how much people are willing to rally around you if you are authentic and transparent with them. Yep. And so when you say, hey, listen, guys, like, I'm so sorry, I struggle a lot with this. And, and they can t- tell in your voice and your yes. body everything that you mean it with your whole soul. People, people inherently don't want to watch other people suffer. And so they gave me a round of applause. They said, take your time. We're waiting on that. you. Came back and I fucking yeah. killed it. So, um, no, swear all you want. <laughs> I, I love that. And that's just, that's so awesome that you did that though, because it is so great. And like, for me being a motivational speaker, like I've done Ted talks, I've spoken in front of thousands of people and I have dreams of like selling out Madison square garden and being like Tony Robbins, like thousands of people. And it is like, I have that what if train and then my mind like takes flight. It goes into orbit into a different dimension. And it's like, what if I die? What if I collapse on stage? What if I pass out on stage? And then, but it's just so important what you said of like, take a breath, realize they're just thoughts. They are just thoughts. You can still go and take action. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and, and now I'm moving into like the next like stage of my life where I try to do a little bit better uh, from a coping yeah. standpoint and handle those triggers. And obviously having gone through addiction and, and getting clean after, you know, my, I have my 10 years clean coming up on June. Congratulations. Having gone through that, a lot of the ways you handle addiction and mental illness are kind of similar. You try to spot triggers, you try to utilize coping tactics and learn new skills to overcome both of the things separately. And so I know a lot of that terminology and the, the next stage I'm trying to jump into my life is how, what am I doing to replace that what if train with a positive what if train? What if, yes. I, what if I crush it and everybody is laughing and everybody's happy and everybody's watching me? What if, what if I become everything that I was put in this planet to do? And that step, of replacing that train with a newer new improved train is such a long and uh, arduous process mental health is work mental health is work it's not something that you're just going to slide into and i think that's something that i've had to learn how to accept it's it's an exercise just like anything else training your brain is just like training your your arms or your back or your or your quads you know so Yes. It's what you said. It's literally working a muscle every day. It's like setting a date with yourself. Okay. It's 10 AM. It's time for one hour with Megan. And we're just going to like go through, dig deep. Like, you know, how am I feeling today? And that's just, that's so powerful. Do you have Mike any, like, if you ever feel anxious and you know, like you have to be on, on camera on something, like, do you have like a quick, like, I know Tony Robbins, I went to his um, conference like last year and I walked across fire and I was like, holy shit, I can't do this. And he has this thing where you like, literally like hit your chest and you just do like a power stance where you get confident and you're just like, I will, you like command your mind. Do you have like this go-to tool that like works for you? Yeah, I think all of those, I think all of those are powerful. And especially like at the end of the day, I think, I, I don't even know if this is medically true, but I think like anxiety, Anxiety is so, it's obviously so tied into your nervous system, yes. right? Yes. Your nerves are like, you're, you're so tense in those moments before you have some sort of breakdown, right? And yes, I, I think staying loose, whatever, whatever wig, and, and you see pictures do this. You see, you've seen people do this since the beginning of time. You know, those before battle, whatever, whether it's, whether it's pounding the chest to get loose and, and getting loosened up. 
Mm-hmm. Like in a power stance with your hands, but whatever it is, yeah. how are you going to stay physically loose? Because your mind and your body are so connected in their response to stress and, and anxiety that a lot of people try to focus so much on their mind. But if you can calm your body, yes, you will follow. And so however you are able to do that, obviously breathing is a huge thing. But these are, I am still, I have to say this, on all the things that I feel qualified and, and able to give advice on I'm still so um I'm still so I've been very lazy and very um uh not very studious when it comes to this art and it's mm-hmm. an art really is for people that struggle I mean people watching the show that wake up every day trying to figure out how am I gonna get through this day right it's an art form and it's and it's a it's a carefully choreographed dance with your own mind you know like and it's so weird like You know, for me, obviously, having millions and millions of people who watch the content, not everybody can relate to that story. Yeah. Talk to Logan Paul about it, who's obviously one of the most headstrong, driven people in the world. He can't relate to the story. And so it's really just a skill that you you have to learn. And it takes time to do so. I wish I had already started putting time into it. And my old uh, boss at my last... (laughs) <laughs> asked me he used to say when's the best time to plant an oak tree and the answer is five years ago oh. so like, like, start whatever you're aspiring to do right you're already five years behind yeah like, you already started it yeah you should be completing whatever it is that you're wanting to do and so like i really have to get started on like that that approach to to mental health that's, yeah, that's just, that's so true. That's so funny. Like my mom, like for me, I'm naturally always overthinking. Like I'm really extrovert. I have a lot of energy. I love doing things, but I'm like, and then like inside, I'm literally like constantly at a battle with myself constantly. Like, oh my gosh, what does that person think about me? And then am I, am I doing too much? Am I being too much? But I'm just like, Megan. <laughs> yeah, you are, you're doing great. Like, and it's, and I think also, like, I don't really tell this story too much because it feels kind of bubbled up and I don't know what your demo looks like, but it's even crazier when a person like you or a person like you or me has those thoughts because we are accomplishing so much. And that, and that anxiety that exists in the top performer sector, you know, whether it be corporate or, or, you, yeah. know, or, or, or you know, entertainment, whatever, it's like damn, I've really had to stop over the past week or so and say, yo, kid, you fucking did it, dude. Like, good job. Like, you, you showed up. You wrote a book. You're on a podcast, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. You have a, a, a YouTube channel that's getting millions and millions and millions of views per episode. Like, good job. Like, I think that's another thing that's just important for us to do is to pat ourselves on the back and say, yo, you did it. That could be as much as the first day you got out of bed to go outside because you've been so anxious and so depressed that you haven't gotten out of bed and you go to the grocery store and you, and you, every person that walks past you, cause I've been that bad before. Every person that walks past you is watching you. What are they thinking? What they're judging you. This person's a scrub. This person's clothes are dirty. Right. You make it through that and you make it back home with the stuff that you intended to, to get that day at the grocery store. Yeah. Back. You did it. You did it. You overcame a struggle. And then after that, it's just every day building that struggle up to be, to be a bigger hurdle, bigger hurdle. Before you know it, you're jumping over massive hurdles. And you look back at the person that couldn't go to the grocery store and you say, that's not, yeah. that's not 
anymore. That's that's so true. And I always feel that way, like in like the IKEAs, the Costco's, I'm always like, is it on here? Or is it just me? Like halfway through, I'm like, wait, I want to get out. I want to run to the exit. That's so incredible. So Mike, I would love to know what inspired you to write this book? Like was it just one moment of, I need to get this off my chest, like this weight, it will feel better if it's off? Or was it, I need to help other people? Or was it just, I want to, like, I want to do this for my younger self? At, so at the time, I started writing the book about eight years ago in 2012. It's just crazy how long. Whoa. I, I, I've been through hundreds of ver- versions of it. And it's, it, it, it just, it was, at the time, it was a hobby for me. It was yeah. for me to, to bring back uh, the stuff that I'd gone through. And the reason why I wrote it in the first place is because I've always felt like I've had a pretty good finger on the pulse of what is normal to happen in one person's life. And yeah. I, I love the idea of, um, of perspective and knowing that someone else has it worse. And I know every single day that no matter what I went through, someone had it worse than, than me. And that, that was one of the things that kept me alive. But when I got to the end of this decade long run after the years of traumatic experiences that happened prior to the 10 year run, I looked back and I said to myself, this is not normal. The yeah. things you just experienced in your life are not by any means, even at the 0.1% of abnormal, it's beyond that. Like you have seen and done everything that is, is worth writing about. Right. So when I got to that point, I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta start writing this, this stuff down. And so I started writing. It became cathartic, you know. It came it, it became therapeutic to talk about, you know, these these harrowing brushes with death and ending up on the ICU table with the nurses feeding that tube down my nose into my throat into my stomach to pump my stomach out of, of the blood out of it, and you know, driving my car into ravines off cliffs at 120 miles an hour, and all of the things that I've lived through, and all of the guns that have been put in my face, and Every single, you know, you know, beating I've watched someone get and all the gangs, like everything that happened was a story worth writing. And I knew it, but I also knew that, I also knew that writing was, I knew that writing was starting to become outdated and it was dying. And so like, I never really put like too much, too, too much into it because I, I started to get into technology and all this other stuff. But when I got to this level that I'm at now, I realize I'm like, now I have an audience that really deeply cares about this content. And I have a book that's almost good to go. Like I really just need somebody to run it over the, from the five yard line into the goal, you know, into a touchdown. And I got a book. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, over the past like eight months, I've worked with a, a woman by the name of, of Riley Ford who helped me bring it home, you know, yeah. and, and collaborative process back and forth question asking and, and revisions to uh, more like strategic, strategic placement of stuff and, and just moving stuff around um, to get it over the finish line. And that's where we are today with a, with a, a book that self-published spent its first week in the top 10 on Amazon. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I could have never imagined that it, it, it went the way, I mean, I spent the majority of the week above Michelle Obama, above Stephen King, above John Grisham. What? Like, yeah. yeah are you wild. like freaking out on the inside, like doing cartwheels? <laughs> like it's been cool i mean the story is the story is uh it's a lot of people ask me like what the best part of it has been and and the sales have been great and and whatever like 
awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like I get to continue to do the things I like to do in life. And I love that idea of security and all that, especially for the inner addict and mental health victim, like, or mental illness victim. Like I love the idea of knowing that I should be okay financially. That helps a lot. Yeah. Right. But the biggest thing was the, the biggest two things were one, the feedback I got from people once they started reading the book, yo, like I read your book from start to finish one night and it immediately changed the way that I look at the world. Yeah. It immediately made me feel like I could do, I could keep going when all everything else against me makes me feel like I can't. And once I started to get that feedback, that was, that was what really hit me. And then also people were very, uh, have been very uh, positive about the writing of the book and they feel like the writing's good. And for the inner writer in me, like that was the big like thumbs up, you know? Yeah. I love that. And there's a part, um, I read your book via Kindle and, um, there is a part that I really love in chapter three. I took a little excerpt. I, d I never know how to say that word excerpt or like, I don't know. It sounds weird. Um, and I love this. There was nothing about my childhood that would point to the bleak existence I would eventually lead. And that like, I, I got goosebumps reading it because I literally, I, I related and connected to that so much because when I was struggling, you know, I had moments and I had moments where I'm like, wait, what am I anxious about? My family couldn't be better. I have positive, loving, supportive parents. You know, my sister is amazing. We're, we have like, we're well off financially. I'm not starving, but then it's like, that's not fair to do to myself because for me, it's hereditary. My dad has it. I got that gene. It's the way my mind naturally is wired to, you know, I can work on it as much as I want. I can do deep breathing, EFT tapping. I can do journaling and EMDR and all that amazing stuff. But it's, it's just, you know, that's just like my mind is going. And I've accepted that though. I've accepted that that is a blessing that the universe gave me because I get to work on myself every single day. So I get to improve every day. That's amazing. That's, I, I, that's an amazing way to look at it. And all, and listen, like some of us, you know, uh, mental, <laughs> mentally ill anxiety, whatever are, we have high functioning brains. Like we can handle 4,000 tasks at once. And so it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, sometimes it's a gift and a curse, but listen, mental illness, drug addiction, feelings of, 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 of being unwanted or, 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 you know, um, these, this deep depression, anxiety, they don't discriminate people. It does. They, it doesn't matter if you were born into a, into the top 1%, you know, your dad invented a dot com. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Or if you're born on the streets, it, it, they don't discriminate. And, you know, there's always been that, um, that, 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 that chat about perspective has always been another gift and a curse because it, it helped me a lot, but not everybody out there deals well with the, you have no idea how good you have it. You shouldn't feel like this. And right. you know, that idea of like, you shouldn't feel like this. You shouldn't feel like this. Like you have everything. You shouldn't feel like this is such a, you know, as, as people us have gotten so used to hearing it that we almost drown it out. Yeah. But what, <laughs> the big conversations that's come up has been what can you actually say to someone dealing with the feelings that you and I have dealt with or my roommate Evan has dealt with or mm -hmm. you know, millions and millions of people across the country deal with every day what can you say that actually helps right not going to be you have no idea how good you have it. maybe for some people that perspective might help but like 
I have talked very strongly lately that it starts with empathy. It starts with understanding that feeling that the other person is going through. Yes. Being able to put yourself there even slightly because obviously that the, the mentally healthy person won't be able to get there. Yeah. Place that they would never understand. And um, just just having that conversation about, and, and I think if we do a better job as a community of explaining how it feels, I then think it gives, it gives people who don't have the same feelings that we do and the same thoughts that we do and the same issues that we do, it gives them a better chance to respond to it properly. So yeah. you know, that's been a goal of mine is to just be better at communicating what, um, what, how, what it feels like. What does it feel like to not be able to get out of bed because of this problem, you know? Yeah. And that is so true because I mean, there are, you know, anxiety, it manifests itself in such different ways. There's people who are, you know, like hyperactive and then hypo, which is under hyper is above. So for me, I'm like doing backflips in the grocery store aisle. I'm like, like so much energy. So I'm like, I know I'm okay. Cause I know movement always makes me feel better. So I'm dancing constantly and moving around and moving my body. But there are the people who, and this is just, this, it's not like one's better than the, it's just difference. There are people who are like hyper, like hyper productive, always doing things like we always have to be moving. And then there's people who are like hypo, which is just like more like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny you say it because I'm the same as you. Like all of my meltdowns in life happen, <laughs> happen when I'm sitting down. If you, if you have me standing up with a mic, the majority of the time I'm chilling. Like yeah. I, minute speeches like I can do that but when you put me in a chair and you say yo this is your new home for the next hour <laughs> that's why the podcast has been tough for me because you know our, our podcast is a heavily produced podcast you know what I'm saying yeah with, 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 with cameras and audience members and and all of that and so you know it, it's it's it, it's always been a struggle for me to to get in the the, the idea that I'm gonna be sitting here and if I have an anxiety attack or anything stressful, I'm, I can't leave. I can't leave. Yes. I'm not supposed to. I have. I have left. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's funny you say that because moving has always helped me a lot, too. I love the idea. And that's why I like shaking it out. Yeah. Have you ever done um, – do you know Wim Hof? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I have. I, I'm trying to think if I've met him. So I'm really close with the Yes Theory boys. Yeah. So Wim and, and he's, I mean, he's obviously groundbreaking when it comes to all of the things that he does from, you know, cold water and, and everything he does. He's crazy, but yes. yeah. Cause I was going to say, I've had, um, moments where I've been on stage and like, literally I can feel, I can feel the anxiety creeping up and I literally like imagine my mind and I'm like, no, I get to control. And it like something that helps me is like, like every single thought I have creates a physical response. Yeah. So if I have a thought that, that says today is going to be horrible, then I'm going to feel like a pit in my stomach. So I try to imagine I'm in control and like this deep breathing thing where I push out my stomach, go like, just like super quickly inhale, exhale. And I'm like, okay, like that always helps me. Those are, those are the ones that I found I've found hardest to, communicate to other people is what you do physically with your body because I have a I have a thing as well where I try to quite literally create space in my head by shutting my brain off yeah so I find is I'll try to find a slot of time throughout the course of the day or even when I'm doing something where I completely shut my brain down and try to allow for that space because that's what that's what meditation is all about meditation is all about finding 
space and creating space for yourself within your own head. And so that's what you're always actively trying to do. Like obviously you've seen apps like Head uh, Headspace, is that what it's called? Headspace, yeah. whatever. A bunch of meditation apps that are built off that principle of you're trying to find space and give yourself this freedom inside your own being, right? And so I've found physical ways to do that, but I've always had trouble communicating those to other people because the, your ability to control your body is very, is very much relevant only to you. you yes, know? that's so true. And one thing that also helps me really quick is to imagine, like instead, because I feel like we feel anxiety when we just like cling to thoughts. So what helps me is to imagine my thoughts are literally just a river and I'm sitting by it and I'm just observing. Like I'm not, you know, like picking up rocks or like going fishing. I'm not like, I'm not attaching. I'm not interacting. I'm just watching the thoughts like go by. And that makes me feel a lot better of, you know, not being like, wait, why am I thinking about uncle Joe Bob from five years ago, but just like observing. Yeah. That's a key. That's another key, like meditation tactic. It's great. I, they, one of the apps I was using, they, they described it as just watching cars on the freeway, whatever you want it, whatever you want to call it, your ability to detach from your thoughts. It's such, it's such a tough situation for people <laughs> in the space that we're in because you know, someone's instructing us to talk for two hours. We need to come up with the right thoughts. So for us, it's not as easy as like sitting back and watching the cars go by. It's identifying which cars you want to, you want to attach to and ride on and which cars you want to let drive by. And it's like, it's a constant battle. It's just a constant battle. And, and, you know, I think as long as you know that, if you continue to do the right things and avoid another big thing for me being someone that, that deals a little bit with OCD as well. And, 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 and it's a, you know, those two kind of go hand in hand, OCD and anxiety, setting personal boundaries is such a big thing. And so like I've, you know, in my, in my days post (laughs) drug addiction, I found myself tangled up in, you know, addiction to sex and stuff like that. And so like I'd wake up and, you know, this, this is a pretty friendly show, so I'm not going to get too gruesome on the details, but I wake up in some pretty precarious situations. And I found that when I took unprotected sex out of the scenario, when I took drunk driving out of the scenario and all the things that were reasons for me to feel deep anxiety and anybody mm. would feel anxiety about them, my life started to get easier. And so when I, then I added eight hours of sleep, 100% needed into the equation. I needed eating, I added very, eating very healthy in the equation. And as you start to feel your body get better, you start to feel your health get more uh, cooperative in the situation. Before you know it, the anxiety starts to lessen and lessen and lessen. And so it's just about taking those big first steps, those sweeping steps. If you're overweight, drastically overweight, get yeah. your weight. If you're a if you're a, a, a drug addict and you've been a drug addict, get clean, 100% clean. Like you can't take the little steps that we're talking about today about how to control breathing and all those beautiful things that you know we're so lucky to only have only have these little bouts of anxiety now because we've done what we've needed to do to get here. You can't take any of those little steps without addressing the dinosaurs, and that's what people forget about. Like get clean, get your weight in order, get your you know your tape fixed if you smoke meth, like what you know what i'm saying like whatever it is yeah it's like you have to go handle the biggest like physical and 
giant issues that are causing trouble in your life before you can start to take those those steps to handle micro situations you know it's it's so true and i feel like people can get overwhelmed with well where do i start first like how but it's just like what you said write down a list of like the biggest changes you need to make and then like narrow down to tiny like biggest that's just so true of like it doesn't have to get complicated but it's like get in more shape like make the hygiene changes move to a like a diva toxic environment change your friend group like what what's all going on yeah i couldn't like i like i said i couldn't have done any of it if it didn't start with getting completely clean like if i didn't if i said oh, i'm gonna skip that step or the anxiety or whatever is so strong that i'm gonna take micro steps to fix that but i right drugs you can't you you have whether it's overweight drug use having too much unprotected sex whatever one like big massive miscalculation you're making in your life you have to tackle that first and then you can start to work on the trickle down stuff but you have to figure out yo what is the one thing that's causing me to be this uneasy and this you know ill mentally and it's you you'll usually be able to identify what that one thing is yeah it's a, it's a gorilla sitting in your room next to you. Like if you're watching <laughs> and you have one of those things, you know what it is. Stop lying to yourself. Tackle it. Yeah. You can't have any other success, any other happiness, any other long lasting peace until you handle that big problem. Yes, that's so true. Um, I would love to know, Mike, how do you feel now like that the book is out? How do you feel or what would you say to Mike, you know, eight years ago when the book was just like in the works and you were just making a bunch of drafts? Like, do you feel personally any different or how does it feel getting all these messages of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's obviously for someone like me who is so uh, interested in, in leaving something behind. I've always been obsessed with like having some sort of legacy on this yeah. planet and going out without making a change. Yeah. It made that feeling, um, you know, it, it, it's relieved that feeling like, okay, you've done something. You've got 30, 50, 100, whatever thousand copies of this book into the world that, you know, unless there's some massive book burning, like has happened a couple of times in the past, those books will be around. Like people will find my book and read my story whenever they want to. And so it's been a, it's been a relief to get it out there, but I have to keep falling back on the reaction of, of people to this book and more so to the digital content that, I, that we've been creating to promote the book and watching me be vulnerable and tell that story and seeing the reaction of people who have been waiting where the where is my hero where is my not hero but where is my person that speaks for me in this influencer crowd or this digital community of people that have such beautiful lives and live in calabasas and drive fancy cars where's my where's me where's my guy and being able to be a person that makes people who struggle every single day feel like there's a chance that they might be able to achieve something in this life has been the, the gift that this book has given me and the gift that my platform has given me that's that's really beautiful and i mean it's just so true though you know people don't remember what you say or like people just remember how you make them feel people like really you know at the end of our lives like when we're all 95 and rockers and um retirement homes it's like you're just gonna remember like oh my gosh that person was so kind to me like this this book you know it made me feel less alone it made me feel positive it just it's so it's really, really, really powerful. Yeah, it's been it's been a gift, and I, and I, like honestly, like we've you know we've worked a lot on the podcast as well to kind of get 
the book into into the digital yeah. space. And we did a we did a show a couple uh, or last week before the book came out that I can't tell you how many reposts I've seen of that video where people are like, "Yo, th- this person said something today that I, I saw. I chanced over it. Somebody tagged me in it. That literally mm-hmm. made me feel like I can do, like I can be something, or like." It's okay to feel like I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. It's okay yes. to feel lost because he, he did it and now look at him and look where he is now because he kept going. And that's just the core story that I've told you already today and the core story that I told in the book and on every show I do, which is when everything is against you, hurricane force winds in your face, you cannot go on any longer. You know you're going to break down. You're going to have an anxiety attack. You're going to feel depression, whatever it is, that you just go anyways. Yeah. Just Anyways, no matter what it feels like, don't say no. Don't say this is my legacy. This is what I was put here to do to fail, to 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 give up. Because it's not. It's mm. not. No matter how much you feel like that, you have to keep going. And that's that's the entire aura, the entire mantra of this book and of of me. That's that's so powerful. And that's just something like for me personally growing up. And by the way, you should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> that was like, like it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, no it, it will. And I think I think like you survived all of those things for a reason. And I are you a spiritual person? I am. I've become one. I, yeah. I, I was, again, it's another muscle that I uh, haven't developed enough. I think it's it's another. It is. It really is. It's another practice makes perfect situation. Just like meditation. Just like any of the other wellness. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in the gym and not enough time praying and be, or, or doing whatever you, you choose to do in your spirituality. But I, I am, yes. Because I was going to say, I mean, it just, you've had so many near-death experiences. And I feel like there is a reason why you are still alive. Because the universe knew that you would do so much good thing, like so much good stuff with this. And you would turn all of this into like a positive message of just giving back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm a, it's funny because no matter how motivational I get inside myself, I'm a bit of a cynic. And so I like to, I like to tell myself it's because, you know, I made some right decisions or, you know, I ha- obviously had the help of some very powerful, amazing people. And like, I'll t- always tell myself all of those things as opposed to accepting the fact that, you know, it was so, that something else is probably saying, yo, like we need this kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, like I said, like that, that's a very underdeveloped muscle for me. I, I generally pray uh, out of thankfulness and gratitude for still being here uh, as opposed to uh, praying for guidance and transparency and understanding of what my path is. And that's, that's just a little bit out of my purview. And I, I, it's something I'll work on, but I don't know if I'll ever get there. I'm just really thankful to be here. And, and um, I can't say, I could never sit here and tell you that like I could, speak on anything spirituality driven because it's just not, it's not truly who I am. I'm just like, it's something I'm still working on. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's awesome that like you're open to it. And I, to me, I'm like to each their own. I'm not like you have to believe in this, but it's just, um, I really do feel like things happen for a reason. That's just my personal view. And I was, you know, it's in my DNA to be positive all the time and to view things as like, even this quarantine, you know, there's a blessing in it and there's a silver lining and I feel like there's just a higher purpose. And I agree with you. And listen, I'm a huge believer in karma. Yeah. I I truly do believe in, um, in 
putting out positive and, and just good energy and more, more than anything else, just being kind to everyone. Mm. Once again, it's another situation that is driven entirely by empathy. I was not always like that. I was not always like that. There was a time in my life where I would yeah. take, take, take from everyone. But I saw what the pit looks like and I saw what it's like to sleep on the floor that those people I need to be empathetic would sleep on every night. It opened my mind to a, to a whole new approach. And now every single person, like I have time for everyone. Like there's no, it's, it's, it will, it'll screw me in the end, but there's no like vetting of like, how many people listen to this person's podcast? No, I want to have a conversation with this person. I, every, I, everyone is deserving of, of, of at least at the very bottom, your kindness and your, and your just being warm hearted. I, I, I truly do believe in karma. I truly do believe that what you put out there comes back to you. Yeah. That's so true. Okay, so Mike, now it's time to get into the fun questions of the podcast. <laughs> so I ask every single guest this question. So let's pretend really quickly for like five seconds that this is a radio show. It's like an advice hotline and there's people calling in left and right. And what would you say, let's say there's like a 12 year old boy who's like, Mike, I love you. I'm such a fan of all that you do. What and he is struggling and he's saying, like, I'm in a negative situation. What would be your first step? Like, what would you say is the best advice for just taking that big leap on just to get into a positive place? I mean, I think it's the conversation we had earlier because it's 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 unfortunately a little bit of a broad question that's slightly dependent on the, the issue. But I think the biggest thing is how do you figure how do you go and identify what your biggest obstacle is right now? Well, who is who is your who or what is your biggest uh, opponent in your life right now? And yeah. they literally obliterate that opponent in every way, shape, and form. Whether it's drug addiction, an abusive dad, I, I, whatever it is, figure out what your issue is and tackle the biggest issue first, and then I could work with you on the smaller things. A lot of those big issues are things that need to come from within. As you know, you can't tell a person to stop doing drugs. They're going to stop doing drugs when they want to stop doing drugs. And you can, you know, like you, same thing with overeating, same thing with a lot of issues. And so I just smashed Jesus. my podcast. <laughs> Logan's here, by the way, he's watching on, he just joined us. Hi. Um, but I would, I would, um, I would try to identify what the biggest problem is. And then, and then also just give them that piece of advice, which is no matter what happens that you keep going. Yeah. Um, and also I, I think one of the things that, and this kid's 12. And so I'd probably tell him to stop playing as much Fortnite. I don't know. But one, but one thing I would, one thing I will say, <laughs> a lot of people struggle with that unknown and that feeling of like never knowing what they want in life. And so if he was a little bit older, I would tell him to start trying things. That's mm. another thing that I really truly believe in. I, I believe in trying things. And like, I got my start in digital by saving up just enough money to buy a camera and starting to take pictures because I thought it looked fun. And People were asking me, and they're like, what are you going to do with that camera? And I was like, oh, I'm a wedding photographer. And then, <laughs> and then people started hearing me talk about it, and they're like, well, my friend has a wedding coming up, and they only have like 750 bucks to pay a photographer. And I'm like, I'm the one of the best in the game. Mm -hmm. I've never even been to a wedding. I'm one of the best in the game. I'll do it for 750 And then I took that money, bought a drone, and started flying drones over weddings. And told people I was, a, I was an aerial videographer. So, like, try things, fake it till you make it. All that stuff is very true. Yeah. It's, like you have to try things to find out as Gary Vee always says what you love doing but also what you're good at doing so and true so like everybody wants to follow what you love do what you love but unfortunately you need to occasionally reset yourself I love basketball 
I am not good at basketball. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not athletic enough to do it. If I spent my entire life trying to play in the NBA, especially right now, I, I love follow your dreams, but also like be realistic with yourself and try to find the intersection of what you love doing and what you're good at doing. If that makes sense. No, that totally does. And let's say like for a more specific situation, like let's say there's just a young boy who's just growing up in a like negative household, just toxic. It's just, he has dreams that are like, it seems so far fetched. Like it seems so far away. He has dreams of, you know, being a pro athlete or making it big time. Like what would just, is it a mindset thing? Like what would you say to someone who's just growing up? Like they're like, I don't see how, like people are telling them like, Oh, well you should. not that's not, but he, the dreams are just so like, I think, I think, I take like now, especially, I take a lot of inspiration. There's so much as crappy as the internet is and as, as much BS as there is on the internet and just hate and just all the issues. There's a lot of really good content and a lot of really inspirational content on the internet right now. You could watch podcasts between somebody like Joe Rogan and, you know, guests that would make you feel the same motivation that I hope to inspire people to feel. Mm -hmm. I, one of the things I would say is if you're only surrounded by toxicity and, and, and cancerous relationships in your household, seek relationships out of your household. We're a mirror of the people that we spend our time with. If you spend your time around high functioning driven individuals, you will be even no matter how hard you, if you didn't want to be, you will become a high functioning driven individual. It's just, yes. and so I would inspire that 12 year old kid to find it find his inspirations, find his people that he thinks he wants to be like when he grows up, find out how they did it. Because, you know, there's millions of stories or there's thousands of stories of people starting from a crappy situation and making it somewhere better. I think you just need to find the one that speaks to you the most. And then, and then just, just being patient Yeah, is really big too. And just knowing, like, I think people are, especially in today's day and age, are so obsessed with the idea that something's going to happen tomorrow. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like my, <laughs> I, I had that thought in 2010 too, and it wasn't until 2020. That, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Just a short 10 years later. <laughs> all the time. Like one of my favorite quotes from training day, this is, this is chess, not checkers. Not, it's the long game. Life is a long game if you're lucky. And hopefully everybody watching this is lucky and they, and they have time to set themselves up for success down the line. Start doing something you like, It'll morph into something else you like. And when that new thing becomes better than the old thing, lose the old thing. But do it carefully. Take micro risks. Yes. Count properly. Don't leave a good job for a dream job until the dream job is signed. And of course. Like you, it's, life is all about, you know, starting small, building yourself up, taking a little bit of risk at a time, overcoming hurdles, and continuing to build a, a, a resume of success, as we would call it. You know, and, and so... I love that. And I mean, you're also, you're 12 years old. So just like be comfortable with the fact that you know nothing, like just like you are at the very beginning and just know that everyone that you're watching is jealous of the fact that you're 12 years old. And you don't know shit. Like that's like, we're, we're all jealous. You know what I'm saying? Like we like, Oh my God, like you're at the beginning of such a, a promising part of your life. And, and there's so obviously so many stressors, but just like, keep going, just keep going. Be patient. I love that. Of course. And I mean, even like the other day I was interviewing CeeLo Green and who's like CeeLo mother freaking green. And he was the nicest, most down to earth. Like he grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, 
dirt poor. You know, he was the son of a priest and he grew up singing in choir and just, he like, he just found this love for music. And he told me something that I will never forget. He said, Megan, just the word impossible, it spells, you can view it like impossible, impossible, or I'm possible. Right? It's, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, I, it's also the other thing about it too, is like with inspiration, with everything and, 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 you know, how you get through tr struggle in life is just something that you kind of learn how to do yourself. You know what I'm saying? And so as much of it can be taken from other people and as much inspiration as you can take, it's just a skill that you learn. And like mm. every single thing in life is, is building muscle. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. Whether it's becoming a, a, a great boxer like Logan Paul or whether it's, you know, building the ability over time to get over mental illness and humps in your, in your brain. And at 12 years old, unfortunately you just haven't, you're just at the start of that journey. And, you yeah. know, now like the stressors of your 12 year old self are, are meaningless, you know, yeah. like they're not you wish that the fact that your basketball popped yesterday or your bike tire popped and you can't ride to the skate park is the biggest problem in your life. You know, <laughs> Patience is the one, the thing that I definitely didn't have when I was 12 years old. And I would encourage every person to understand that it's a long, it's a long game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is Logan sitting right there? Does he want to talk about anxiety for five seconds? He has. Have, have you ever struggled with anxiety, Logan? Anxiety. I'm posting on his Instagram. I swear to God, it gives me anxiety. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. It's like the, like the most... The most that I've ever suffered from. Luck post on Instagram. Because you're waiting to see if it's if you get the amount of likes or is it what is it? I don't know. I get it. It's that instant gratification, like that thing where you're like, are people like in approval? <laughs> <laughs> He's got anxiety to post on Instagram right I feel now. Like that's what you're seeing. I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it right now, and so I'm, sh I'm shutting down. I think. Oh, oh. I'll tell you what, because, all right, so one thing I'll tell you about me and Logan that, because I, I have his relationship, because we talk about this a lot, but me and him are connected on one brain. And so he's supposed to be in a writing session right now doing music. And me, he knows we're having a podcast because he has eyes and ears, so he can do <laughs> that. And I just realized that the reason he's sitting here is he's waiting for it to end so that I can help him with the caption for his Instagram photo. Really? Oh, we aren't connected like we Damn it! <laughs> I thought it was that. Wait, what's going on? Oh, I thought you were going to post that on Instagram. No, I'm just seeing how you do. You do great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> We've met before, right? No. She kind of has that LA like. My name's Megan, by the way. What's your last name? Gallagher. Seeing you somewhere. I'm a famous author and motivational speaker. Have you DM'd me? <laughs> no. What's your Instagram? <laughs> Megan, M E G A N. <laughs> We've probably, probably seen it. I mean, I've, I've done TED Talks. I've been on NBC News. I've been in Forbes. I mean, see, I picked a good one. Wait, wait, what's your Instagram? Megan. Megan. No H. No H. Careful. No H. You're crazy. Yeah, M E G A N. M E G A N. Yep. Uh, w. <laughs> Whoa. Gallagher. <laughs> like the show Shameless. Oh, hell yeah. Dude. Yeah, I knew it. Oh, oh, for it. a podcast yes, opportunity. Yes, oh, you asked him about a, oh, that could have yeah. been, been a producer. Oh, well, you just said no. She Maybe she forgot. Wait, what do you mean? I, 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 did I not just, I said, did you DM me? You said no. And so, because I didn't believe you, I looked and 
there's a damn hi logan my name is megan gallagher I'm a user. oh well to be on the podcast i thought you're talking about like creepy like weird <laughs> stuff no, not, for, bu- for business yes just direct message like no not no not creepy just, well that's how most people no because I, I, mean, I'm, 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 I know you look familiar i remember i checked out your page uh, and i saw some of your stuff now i'm gonna go watch all, now i'm gonna go watch all your videos yeah go watch all my ted talks all right, get out of here. Give me anxiety. It was nice meeting you. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is my life. Yeah. You know like I'll just be in a podcast. And yeah. There's a man next to me. But yeah. Yeah, it's been wild. It's a crazy ride. It's a patient and a and a long. As I said, it's about playing the long. That's that's 100 percent it. And you know, taking the right steps and making the right calculations along the way. I love it. So, okay, Mike, let's get into the fun part, the rapid fire questions. So these are just super quick off the top of your mind, whatever pops up. So first, if you could be any junk food, guilty pleasure food, what would you be? Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm a food. I'm obsessed with food. I don't know, like fried dough with cinnamon and sugar on it. I recall like, some people call them uh, something cakes, layer cake, like. Cr- oh wait, like cr- like cronuts, like cake donuts, like the. Cronuts are great too. Yeah, like one of those. But then churros, salty stuff too. Do you have you ever had fat sals? Yes. Buffalo chicken top. <laughs> like, like oh okay okay okay. Those sandwiches scare me. They're too much. <laughs> okay, sorry. Buffalo chicken of some sort. That's my yeah. Buffalo chicken. Yeah. Ooh, amazing. Okay. And second one, what has been the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you? Oh my God. Like on camera, off camera, when you were young as a teenager? On camera, camera, it was definitely like having meltdowns on the show. Like that sucks. Especially when I first started having them and I wasn't good at it yet. (laughs) I don't want to. I also was giving a speech at my sister's wedding and I got so nervous that, and I had like stomach, like a flu, stomach flu, and I pooed my pants at my sister. Yeah. No, you did not. Yeah. Are you serious? So you talk about having anxiety during a speech. I, I quite literally have a problem, like a massive issue. And by the way, <laughs> oh. yes, I got through the entire rest of the speech and it is probably one of the best wedding speeches of all time. But I did it the whole time with a with a dirty secret that just like, at the end. At the end, were you like, "Excuse me"? <laughs> no, I left. I, no, I left. this is my little sister's wedding. The, there was an after party, everything. I quite literally left and went home and never came back. It sucked. Yeah, I know. I finished. Whoa. Yeah. So, like, transparency. Hello, I just tell everything. So most people might keep that one a secret, but that's yeah, you got you got to keep it real, you know. <laughs> um, you got to keep that shit real. No pun intended. That's it. Okay, last rapid fire. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, no, I I can't, I can't answer. I mean, I've I've had so many good mentors. And so many good, powerful people in my life. I got. I gotta say that even though I don't recite it daily, the Serenity Prayer is such a powerful 
piece of, of advice to anyone. And, and it, at all times, like the idea that if you can control something, having faith in yourself to do the right thing, but that if you can't control it to just simply stop thinking about like, let them go, you know, and to, and to free yourself of the, of the confines of things that you cannot help or fix in your life is, um, is super powerful. Oh, 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 I got it. <laughs> I don't know if this is always true, but remember when people back in the set day would come up to you and the one thing they'd always tell you, they'd squeeze your cheeks and they would say, always listen to your mother. Yes. Man, man if I had done that, dude. <laughs> but I don't know what that would have led to. I don't know if we'd be here having this conversation today, but it definitely would have, it definitely would have saved me a lot of places. To all the moms out there, if there's a mom, any moms watching this, man, moms are awesome. They are, they are so great. And um, I, I, I've been blessed to have just an incredible mother. And she's a huge part of my story and, mm. and never gave up on me. And so um, um, listen to your parents, listen to your mom, I guess, if you're young enough to do so. And if they're giving you the yeah. right advice. But that was one thing that, was, that I probably should have listened that's to. A so, bit that's so powerful. And it is really true. Like, I feel like our parents not all the times, but most of the times they really do know what is best for us. They've been through it. They've been through it. They've been through a lot of the things that you're going through. And so when you're 14 years old and you're having a battle with your first girlfriend or your first boyfriend or whatever, and you're saying to yourself, my mom will never understand me. She does. Trust me. She knows what you're going through. So, you know, bring it up to a broader level, like lean on your people, whoever not your mom or your parents and you and you haven't been blessed to have that 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 quality support system in your life and i i truly do feel for those people who's who's next who's next who can you lean on and i guess like another one is like you're just you're really only as powerful as your team like just yes get try your best to like find someone that will listen to you that will be there for you and and you know my squad has been is a massive part of the reason why I'm here today. Yeah. You know, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on my podcast. You are such an incredible guy and congratulations again on writing your new book, the fifth vital everyone go check it out. So Mike, where can everyone find you on social media? So it's uh, Hey big Mike on Instagram. I've had that one for a while. Mike Malak on the, the remainder of, uh, you know, Twitter and stuff. And then the books on Amazon also my YouTube channel, Mike Malak, that's Mike Malak vlogs. That's where you can probably find the majority of like the longer form stuff. So you'll find me just type in my name. Yeah. It'll pop up. <laughs> Amazing. And do you have any fun upcoming projects or collaborations besides the book, which is huge, obviously anything in the works that you can share? So, so much. I mean, right now it's the book, but I'm going to start recording audio for it as well. If there's a lot of people out there who, who aren't readers and I understand that completely there's already talks of this thing being made into a movie. There's a, there's a chance that this is no way. It's, it's, I'd rather to come back and talk to you about it when they're locked in. And so I, I would love to do that, but I've never been, uh, I don't want to get people too hyped up unless I, I have like guarantees, but yeah, I, my, my YouTube channel's a great watch. It's completely different. There's no, it's very little on the mental health side. It's much more on the comedy. I want people to enjoy their day forget about that stuff. And so I, I, I do about 10, 15 minute videos of that a week. So you'll find me, find out what you like to see and it'll be there. I love that. That's so exciting. Um, well, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Reaching New Heights podcast. And remember always to strive for more. Mm-hmm.